don't you don't you feel safe don't you feel safe thinking that the government can just notify you and within 15 minutes you have to take a picture of your place and your location otherwise the cops will come after you don't you feel safe it's for your safety it's for your safety like i can't And welcome back to another episode of Tea with Taylor. As always, thank you for joining me and listening or watching any of my content. Of course, if you find any value from it, I would greatly appreciate it if you like, subscribe, share with your friends and family. But ultimately, I just really appreciate you tuning in. So thank you. Um, so in this episode, I want to focus on, obviously the world has gone quite mad over the last almost two years now and so I want to specifically focus on what's going on in Australia and comparing that to the potential police state and well it is a police state but the further I guess police state and the future social credit score like we see in China and then to warn America of what's to come in a liberal city near you or a liberal state or country near you. So I'm obviously going to compare that and I'm also going to show the differences because thankfully, even though thankfully in America, we have the Bill of Rights and the Constitution that our government tends to actively work against and disregard. But we do have those fundamental documents that are to deter things like this happening and this government coercion that has gone rampant in Australia. I mean, it's definitely gotten way too far here in the States, but I just want to focus on some of the stories in Australia, compare that to the China, um, the China situation and their social credit score, and then compare it to what we're seeing here in America today. So I'm going to go over some articles that I've written up, of course, and I've highlighted some things. And so let's get into it. All right. So first I wanted to discuss as far as the coronavirus obviously we know there's been a pandemic of the coronavirus it is a deadly disease but government has used this tragedy to grow the scope of their power and to coerce and invade and intrude on the liberties and the freedoms of their constituents and australia has done that to an extreme, extreme amount. Uh, we're gonna start with an app. This is from The Atlantic that was so, um, posted in September, September 3rd, 2001. They developed an app to track where you are. You know, a surveillance state, a police state. And what could be the next step? A social credit score? Let's get into it. So as far as now, of course, and, and, and I, like the, I like the intro of this article, how long can a country maintain emergency restrictions on its citizens' lives while still calling itself a liberal democracy? Because I asked myself that today, in America, are we a free country when the government's telling us to mask our face, that we have to inject ourselves with something, that we can't operate our businesses, that we have to have these mandates or these curfews? Are we a free country? I think that's a fair question to ask, in my opinion. No, but of course, you said compared to what? I mean, compared to many countries, yes, but compared to the ideal that is America, no, we're falling very short of the Bill of Rights and the Constitution. So 
in Australia, if in Australia, um, travel has been restricted. And if you are exempt, you have been granted an individual exemption for international travel. So it's very hard for people living in Australia to get out of Australia. And he, they make a point in the article that Austria, Australia's human rights treaty obligations say that the freedom to leave the country cannot be made dependent on establishing a purpose for or a purpose or reason for leaving. So they should be able to leave regardless. They can't, they can't, they shouldn't be able to base off the Australia's human rights treaty obligations should not be able to tell their citizenry that they cannot leave. So the government is definitely taking advantage of their people. And it continues that South Australia, one of the country's sixth states, developed and is now testing an application that is insane. <laughs> it's big brother, you know, tracing you. Returning travelers from quarantining at home will be forced to download an app that combines facial recognition and geolocation. The state will then text them at random times and therefore they will have 15 minutes to take a picture of their face in the location where they are supposed to be. Should they fail, the, the local police department will, sent, will be sent to follow up in person. And I quote, we don't tell them how often or when or a random, or we don't tell them how often or when on a random basis they will have to reply within 15 minutes. Premier Stephen Marshall explained. And then he goes on to continue that Australians should be proud they should be proud that the government ha and the, and these um, tech companies have created such um, a resilient tech, you know, application that will keep you safe. Don't you? Don't you feel safe? Don't you feel safe thinking that the government can just notify you and within fifteen minutes you have to take a picture of your place and your location, otherwise the cops will come after you. Don't you feel safe? It's for your safety. Safety. Like, I can't believe, like, there's no way that people can read these articles, see what's going on, and be like, mm, it's because the government loves me. Like, if you think that, I got a bridge to sell you because, honey, whew, things are going to get dark if many people believe that. Like, this is, like, I'm laughing because it's not funny, but I'm laughing for the fact that politicians can be like, they should be proud. They should be proud about what's going on. Like, y'all motherfuckers are crazy. Crazy. But it goes on to continue. Victorian Prime or Premier Daniel Andrew replies, it's not, a, it's not about human rights. It's about human life. It's not about your rights. It's about life. Because we know when government's able to track people and we'll, we'll, we'll speak about create camps for their citizenry, it's to sustain human life. Hmm. Okay. Police Minister David Elliott defended the deployment of Australian military to enforce lockdowns. And then it goes on to Australia, obviously compared to other countries, has been a democracy. They have, they have elections. They have peaceful transfer of power. But if you are a country that's forbidding your, your citizenry to leave, that you want to track them on an application, that you want to create camps and put them in there to mandate certain certain health decisions how long can you really consider these liberal democracies free countries 
in my personal opinion, I don't think it's fair to say that. Now, of course, you can say compared to what? I mean, Australia's case, it's very bad if you were in the States to say compared to what? Compared to Australia, we're free. But that's as countries get less free, less free. It's, it's, it's a little bit of a cop out of a question, in my opinion. So that is the article from the Austra from Australia and from the Atlantic regarding Australia and their application of what they're creating to track the citizenry, you know, big brother. And that's why I always, um, I think people have become more aware of it, but these little phones that we carry around and they track all our data to try and be aware of that and to take measures to limit the amount of data that you are giving to these phone companies, these um, companies in general and altogether the government. Now, uh, I have an iPhone now. I do plan on getting another phone. Um, I'm going to look into the Freedom Phone. So I have like a VPN so they can't track all my data. I always go through my apps and I don't allow them to track my location. But how honest really are they? I don't know. But I think it is important for us to take responsibility and be aware of how much data and information we're giving to these companies and these governments because um, your data is your privacy and you have the right to that privacy. And we are going to go over after we go over a new bill that was just passed in Australia about their dark web crime bill, we're going to relate that to the Fourth Amendment in America and why it's important, but yet is constantly being invaded and disregarded by our betters in the government. I have two articles based on this recently passed bill from Australia regarding their dark web crime. So dark web crime how australia's power and this is from the guardian how australia's powerful new warrant would work and it goes on to explain in the article the bill was aimed at pedophiles seeking to groom children online terrorists um, swapping information and people trading guns dutton said and it would apply to those people who he would apply to those people and those people only that's what the government always says. When they want to take a little bit of your liberty and your freedoms, they, you know, they wrap it up all pretty to say that it's for your safety because they're going to take, you're going to, uh, it's only going to be focused on these bad actors. But as we know, once they have that power, they can facilitate it and wield it against other individuals. And then they can create a scenario or a problem to demonize these individuals or dehumanize these individuals and i do have a video on dehumanization that i would check out um just a little plug there for myself but they always start it as it's going to only be for these specific subgroup of people that are criminals or anything like that but once they have this power then the government will manipulate it in order to go after those that they are worried about maybe political adversaries or just innocent people that they don't like or got caught up in something so we have to be very very weary and um you know skeptical when the government wants to take a full scope ability at infringing on your liberty but then they you know they know that it's only for you know the criminals a good example is the patriot act for america after 9-11 it stripped us all <laughs> stripped us all of our liberties and our, our ability. I think it's a violation of the Fourth Amendment um, when we fly planes. 
but I'll continue on the article. It's already clear, this is what they say, that the bill would give Australian federal police, police the Australian Criminal Intelligence Commission, and through them, the Australian Signals di um, Spy Agency powers to disrupt and investigate a much broader range of crimes. Because as the bill itself actually goes on it it's very it can be very vague in its wording and the way that they can obtain warrants many in australia have said that it's too weak um and it's too broad they're not very specific on how they can do it so this is how these are the new types of warrants that have to be granted in order to go forward with this spying on this uh, spying on the data so the three warrants are data distribution warrants enable the AFP and the ACIC to distribute data by modifying, adding, copying, or deleting in order to frustrate the commission of serious offensive, uh, offenses online. Warrant two, network activity warrants allow, a, warrants allow agencies to collect intelligence on serious criminal activity being conducted by criminal networks. And three, account takeover warrants let the AFP and the ACIC take control of a person's online account and can be combined with other warrants to gather evidence to further a criminal investigation. So for this account takeover warrants, let's say take over your account, they can then use that information to get to garner more warrants to invade more of your information and then get you potentially for another crime that has nothing to do with that crime. And it goes on to continue that, like I said, the wording is very vague. So even though despite um, Doughton's claim of strict limits on the offenses, the ex uh, the the explan the explanatory memorandum states serious commonwealth offenses and i quote include but are not limited to money laundering threats to national security dealing in child abuse material importation of prohibition imports and violence and what it is is serious offenses of those carrying a maximum sentence of three or more years in prison and it actually those crimes can be even less than the ones that I actually just recorded that can be anything of, where did I, let's see. Oh, it says it can be for, so if it's three years or less, it can be anything of tax offenses, trademark infringements, or a range of other offenses. So they say that they're being specific on their language, but really the government and lawyers and all these people are very good at manipulating language to then get what they want. And the, one of the issues with Australia and obtaining these warrants, it doesn't even have to be under oath or by a judge. It could be by an administrator which is insane. So they can have access to your private information, not even by a court of law, but just through an administrator. It's for your safety. So, um, yeah, in the Administrative Appeals tri uh, Tribunal, the, AT, the AAT is what, or a judge, but obviously it would be easier there. And apparently they did try and issue a, 
change in the bill to have it be a judge but it was struck down saying that it would delay the time so you know you can't you can't oh the attorney general michaela cash rejected it she said it will result in operational delays so your privacy is too much of an inconvenience because they have to get the job done so it can't be a court of law it can just be an administrative that's insane and then so they go on to what i find ironic is that they always say that it's going to be specific people and we see that you know we see in america today that now if you attended the january 6th uh event and mind you not everyone stormed the capitol people like there was many majority of people did not they did not go into the public building of the people's house but those people are claimed to be potential terror threats so are all those individuals if let's say something like this were to come comparing it to be done into the states which like i said i think they infringe on the fourth amendment our government officials infringe on the fourth amendment repeatedly all the time but so would those individuals then be subject to the government can just access all their information and then they once they access their information then they can use whatever information that they found to then prosecute them for another crime that they weren't even investigating at the time you see how slippery this slope can be and now it goes on to continue that obviously the bill passed the senate and that's really the most so there's two articles in the atlantic that i'm reading about that's like really the most damning of <laughs> of the bill and and they go on to summarize it that the bill is just one more step that the government is taking to ensure our agencies maintain an edge. So yeah, they main they aim they maintain an edge on your information. So the government always has power over you. So it's just like it's, it's an absolute disregard for the privacy of the individuals, and they frame it as it's for your safety. And it's always like there's always going to be bad people, and there's always going to be people who try and commit crimes. And of course, we need to try and put forth policies or at least um, consequences that will restrict or hinder people from going forward and doing those crimes but there will always be bad people who will do those crimes but we must be cognizant and not be so naive to give up our freedoms and liberties to hope that this will solve the problem of of you know um of getting rid of these criminals when i don't think there's any truth really to that um but that giving up your freedoms and liberties is is a very very large cost that you would be doing and like I said you're never going to get rid of fully bad people so freedom's hard I mean freedom freedom's really difficult no one said it's easy there's no there's no I like what Thomas Sowell always says he says there's no solutions there's only trade-offs so do you trade all your freedoms and liberties for potentially getting a few more criminals or does the police force and the investigative administrations find better ways to investigate these crimes and to work within their communities without infringing on your rights and your liberties and allowing the government to have free reign over the the information that they can access and the personal information they can access i say the former and they figure out how to do it without invading our liberties and i will take that bet and 
I, I just think it's way too much of a cost to, to give up all that for potentially, I don't know. I just, not worth the trade-off in my opinion. So the difference between Australia and America is we have this thing, the Bill of Rights and our Constitution. And the Fourth Amendment in the Constitution is the right of us to, of, is, is our right to not have the government search all our information or be able to access this data willy-nilly <laughs> like so <clears throat> the bill of rights and the fourth amendment the right of the people to be secure in their persons houses papers and effects against unreasonable search and seizures shall not be violated and no warrants shall issue but upon probable cause supported by oath or affirmation and particularly describing the place to be searched and the persons or things to be seized so it's very specific wording, which is what we lose today um, when our governments pass these ominous bills. No one reads them and the, the, the verbiage is so broad. And, you know, a lot of people don't really care about our Bill of Rights or Constitution, but it's very specific wordage that they can't just invade your information. And when they do obtain a warrant and it has to be under oath by a judge and it has to because there's probable cause, there's they have to show proof of why of that when they when they're going to search your shit they're going to find something and they have to they have to specify exactly what they're going to search and when they're going to search it they can't just do it whenever they would like and they can't just access your data whenever they would like and there's this quote in this book that is from James Madison which is obviously one of the authors and founding brothers where an access of power prevails, property of no sort is duly respected. No man is safe in his opinions, his persons, his faculties, or his possessions. That when you give the government too much power, you have no power over yourself or your things or your families or your situation. And that's why our constitution was not to limit the actions by the citizenry, rather to limit the power ability of the government and our politicians. And I think our politicians need a reminder of that, that they work for us and that they govern by the consent of the governed, not however they please. So not only is Australia having an app where the police can detect where you're gonna be, they're passing bills where now the police can in, um, insert themselves and have access to your data and your social media accounts and all your private information. They're also building wellness camps, COVID-19 quarantine facilities to be built near wellness camps in Queens Island, in Queensland. It's for your safety. I don't know, the last time I remember the government building camps for people, I think it uh, didn't end up too good. I'm pretty sure it ended up with like the genocide of millions of Jews in concentration camps. So let's just, let's kind of cut through the bullshit of COVID quarantine facilities and camps made by the government, you know, like concentration camps. So of course, but they but they frame it they frame it nicely. It's for your safety. It's gonna be really nice. It's gonna create jobs. You know, it, it, it trust us. Trust the experts. So and mind you, in this article, 
they go on to say that, you know, the cases so far were like 2,007 deaths and tests, conduct tests conducted out of these were 4 million. So for something that is a disease and that is deadly, but not to the point, well, there's never anything that'd be to the point that the federal government or the government should be able to make um, camps. But COVID is the virus that wasn't as bad as they wanted it to be, but they still didn't hold back on what on the 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 growth of government that they were going to implement on society. So the construction has started in this in this site near Wellcamp Airport, and there's already 500 beds to be available by the end of the year, and the total capacity of a thousand by March of next year. The well, the well camp airport as landing point for some Australians stranded overseas in January. So, you know, when you come back from Australia, you can't go home. You're going to go to the camp that the government made you. You're going to be, you're going to be comfortable. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. It's for your safety. And so Queens Island's government is pushing ahead with its uh, regional dedication COVID-19 facility. It's a safe space for all of you. You know, it's fine. And... The announcement came at the state record of two new cases of COVID-19, both in hotel quarantine. Whoa, terrifying. Well, um, well Camp Airport is landing point for some Australians, like I said, that were stranded overseas. So if they're coming back, they'll go right there. It's kind of like their quarantine time. I don't know until maybe they test negative. And the millionaire businessman, John Wagner, said the facility would create jobs. And I always love when the government says they, they want to grow the scope of their powers, but, but don't worry, it'll create jobs too, because they say that for like the Green New Deal. It's going to create a bunch of new energy jobs. For one, we don't want the economy rooted in government jobs. That's for sure. We want the economy to be free to act how it, how, act what the, I guess you could say the market is telling it to do without the government. No subsidies, no, like the government doesn't pick winners and losers and we don't want government jobs. Then the government's control of the market and it's not a free market and you don't want the government employing the population. You just, so I always love when I hear that and I'm just like, that's, that's not really how the economy works. Cause you know, you know, government employees are paid by, you know, American taxpayers, right? They don't have, the government doesn't produce or make anything. They only take and redistribute. So they go on to end the article that, um, you know, Australia is very proud of this and that it's going to be awesome and that they're going to have the best fit for purpose regional accommodation facility to return travelers in their country or even the world. So apparently it'll make sense to transport people with COVID across the world. I don't know. Or will it then result to those who are unfit to participate in society? We'll just transport them to the COVID wellness camp for your safety. So those were some articles that I found. I, was, I, was sh I wasn't shocked because I've been paying attention to what's going on, but I was just like, whoa. And obviously Australia, they gave, they had like a gun buyback thing back in the 90s. So they don't really have the Second Amendment and the amount. I mean, we have like 300 million guns in, in America. And I can tell you that if the government was forcing us to have an app that we had to track and they could know where we are and we had to take a picture of ourselves and all this reading, it would get pretty ugly. And 
that's why the second amendment is obviously important but also the government needs to be put in check they do not have the authority over us as individuals to track everything we do and to have access with all of our data, which is why we need to be conscious consumers and conscious beings and be aware of how much data and freedom we're giving up to people as they track our every movement. Because these big techs and these governments and these big corporations, they're working together. And the only way we stay free is to limit their power, to limit their scope and their ability to access our information. And it's very, very important. And that's why our founders knew they're brilliant and we are not the smartest beings just because we're in 2021 and we have nice computers and phones and access to information does not mean we are wise. Our founding fathers were wise and they were very specific with their terminology and their verbiage and the, the Bill of Rights and the Constitution were put and formulated to restrict the powers of the government, not to restrict the powers of the individuals in the population. And that's something we need to be reminded of and that we need to remind our politicians of. So I wanted to compare what we what's going on in Australia and what because you know there's been there's been conversations like that in America too. So you know coming to a liberal country near you I want to compare that now to see the parallels of what goes on in China and their social credit system and their overall police state. So this is from Business Insider in 2021. China's social credit system ranks citizens and punishes them with throttled internet speeds and flight bans and the Communist Party deems them untrustworthy. In 2014, the social credit system is an important component part of the socialist market economy system that the social government and the social government system. So what China does is <clears throat> they rank their citizens. And mind you, they have like cameras all over their their country where they have facial recognition, which is why I don't know why people do their facial recognition on their phones and cameras. Like I you know, I put the sticker on my camera or on my in my computer and I would never open my phone with facial recognition so they can just have your facial recognition, you guys. Like Start looking into the future, not just one step at a time. Like, oh, it's just more convenient. I just get to look at my phone rather than going, do, 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 do. You guys are crazy. You are crazy. But in China, they literally have cameras where they can see people. You walk down the street, they know who you are. And they're, they're, in, they're implementing, right now it's voluntary, but it's going to be mandatory. And they're implementing it through different segments of the economy. They have it through the private sector, and then they have it through the governmental sector. And overall, they're going to eventually have one credit score that the government is going to have control over. And that's how they're going to control every aspect of your life. Because it's not just fine. It's not just like a credit score, like your financial decisions, it's your credit score, your payments, your and your behavior. And if you are untrustworthy to the government. So if you don't obey the government, then you're deemed untrustworthy and therefore your credit score will drop. And so then you can't participate in the society. So that's what I predict is coming to a liberal country near you because the left always goes so far left that they destroy everything. So let's get into a little bit more information on what the China credit score is. 
So at the moment, like I said, the system is voluntar voluntary, though the plan is for it to eventually be mandatory and unified across the nation with each person given their own unique code used to measure their social credit score in real time. The exact methodology is a secret, but examples of, in, of infractions include bad driving, smoking in non-smoking zones, buying too many video games, and posting fake news online, specifically about terrorist attacks or airport security. So if you were a bad driver or you do anything, well, they can just ding your social credit score. And then other potential punishable offense uh, um, offenses include spending too long playing video games, wasting money on frivolous frivolous purchases and posting on social media and the china has already started punishing people by restricting their travel including banning them from flights authorities banned people from purchasing flights 17.5 million times by the end of 2018 according to the national public credit information center as the guardian reported 17.5 million times. They've also been barred getting business class tickets and some are kept out of the best hotels. So I'm just gonna give you an example. Let's say you lost your job, so you were unable to pay one of your bills, you're behind on your bills, ding, ding. You lost your job, ding. Uh, you can't pay your bills, ding. This is all lowering your credit score. Well, now you can't fly. So you might've had a job interview, but now you can't fly to it. Oh, and you can't rent a car now either because your social credit score is too low. They won't rent you a car and you can't fly. How the hell are you supposed to then get a job and get, you know, get your life back together and live your life? The government has no authority to deem who's fit and unfit. And once you allow the government to deem who's fit and unfit to participate in civil society, there's those who are okay and that they can live this obviously isn't freely but live their lives according to the government's rules and regulations and then there's those who are unfit and are dehumanized and what do they do with those people if government tell i mean if history tells us anything it's not good for those people for the people that do not um, are not trustworthy to the government and they don't obey they will be gone honestly and then, so it continues by saying at the end of July, 2018, Chinese, okay. So this was another example. The Chinese university denied an incoming student his spot because the student's father had a bad social credit score. So not only was the father probably having issues living life according to his credit score, now his child is. And it reminded me when I was reading this, this like group association, this group, group punishment that we see today in America, that people today should be held accountable for the sins of our past of slavery, that because I'm white, I should have white guilt for the past of people that I, I have never met and I had no actions or didn't play any part in. I, I should be like punished for that. And it reminds me of, Yamni Park, she's a North Korean defector who she speaks about this. And when you're born in North Korea, your your future is for you. If your parents, um, however your parents were brought up in their in their social standing within the society, that's where you're going to be. And this kind of gives the same implements the same type of system, just a little bit differently because it's a little bit more technologically advanced. That instead of just having your social status, you have your social credit score, and that will be then portrayed onto your family members. So not only is it gonna hinder the life that you live, it's gonna hinder the life of your children. And and then how, like I was just kind of pointing out before, how do you how do you 
lift yourself up and get out of that situation when you can't do everyday life things. Not because you don't have the money or the cash to rent a car or to buy a plane ticket, but because your credit score and the government deemed you unworthy of being able to obtain these these purchases or these um, tools in order to better your life. So they totally crumble the ability for upward mobility, the ability for upward mobility in a, in a, in a community or in a country. So like in America, we have upward mobility. Now I, I there's things that need to work on in my opinion, smaller government, but we're able to, the underdog, we love an underdog story. We love someone coming from nothing and being able to make it, make themselves into something. Well, if your social credit score, for one, if your parents' social credit score is gonna affect you, and then if you make some poor decisions, whether financially or behaviorally, and then that deters you from from having the opportunity to do anything you're fucked so this is scary stuff this is scary stuff and this is going on in china and look what's going on in australia and look what's going on today let's think a little bit farther into the future than tomorrow okay use your brains have some so they obviously they say that you have the ability to you have a 10-day window period to fight and appeal against these things but good luck and then it goes on to say that citizens with good social credit can also get discounts on energy bills, rent things without deposits, and get better interest rates at banks. So if you obey the government and you act how the government thinks that you should act and that you are trustworthy as far as the government goes, then you can actually get incentives and then, you know, you'll live a more convenient life. But if you speak out against the government, or if you do things that the government doesn't want you to do, then you are unfit, you are untrustworthy, and you are subhuman. And this is this is really stuff that's going on that we really need to take, pay attention to and to think about. Whether it's tracking people on their app or having the police, you know, police the streets as far as when you can be outside or when you can operate your business because when these mandates and these laws or these government you know something's facilitated from the government it is the police and other government officials that then have to facilitate it which will have more citizenry and police confrontations and of course i would hope the police would not go forward with these mandates and these um total infringements on our rights but within every institution that has power there is corruption and there's there's bad people so we need to think about these things the government does not have the authority to do these things read the bill of rights and obviously the constitution and the declaration of independence and know what our founding fathers were going through and their thought process and why they knew it was important to limit the power of government and stop looking to the government to solve all your problems because for one they're unable to and they're not going to solve your problems they're going to just take your freedoms so i just found this stuff very interesting it worries me i'm worried about the state of other countries as well as america i'm very worried about the influence that the chinese communist party has not only in their own country but over all the countries and the amount of financial investment and cop-outs that that just look at dollar signs, whether it be companies or influencers or um, professional athletes, and they're compromised by China, and that people are just so willingly 
and don't even think twice about giving up their freedoms and their liberties and their data and their fit you know their privacy they don't even think twice because they are somehow convinced that maybe the government is really looking out for their best interests and part of the reason is because they don't know anything they don't read history they're not interested in human psychology and they're just obsessed with convenience they're obsessed with convenience and cheap and it's really costing us our freedoms liberties and the ability to live our life so I wanted to speak about that today, praying for Australia. If you're in Australia and you listen to read this, you know, I hope you guys band together and are able to stand up for yourselves. And for us here in America, it's time to be courageous, to be brave, to stand up for what you believe in, to say no. If they tell you a mask mandate, I mean, I was at the store the other day, I was at Meyer, and Illinois, the communist state of Illinois, I will be moving soon, thank God, um, reinstituted mask mandates. and. I was the only one in Meyer who didn't wear a mask. I'm not wearing a mask. I'm, I'm done playing these games. And I had someone in line, they, they were wearing their mask and they took it off and they're like, has anyone said anything to you? And I was like, no. And they're like, oh, I'm like, I don't even like masks. Like I'm not a mask person. I shouldn't be wearing it, but I thought we just had to wear it again. And I don't know, she's like, you're really brave. And I thought to myself, and I'm like, if I'm brave for not wearing a mask, a piece of cloth over my face, boy are we in trouble you know what's brave our founding fathers were brave going up against the largest world military at the time they were brave you know who was brave the people who fought in world war ii the you know who was brave the the people who marched for the civil rights those people are brave me not wearing a mask because what the mask police is gonna come yell at me or someone's gonna kick me out of my store it's time for you guys to read about brave people and hopefully bravery begets bravery and you find some courage within yourself because the real pandemic in this in this day and age isn't COVID, although the virus is real, it's the lack of courage. So I hope that you found this information interesting and informative. I definitely would take it upon yourself to do some more in, from some more research yourself and I would definitely take it upon yourself to read about read about historical figures that were courageous and made a difference learn about the constitution the declaration of independence and learn about history because it's fascinating humans are fascinating history is fascinating and we are in a time that we need all the create the courage and the bravery that we can get so if you found any value off this please consider liking sharing subscribing sharing with your friends and family. Thank you for watching and I hope to see you again soon. Thank you for joining me. God bless and take care.